Welcome to the Fourth Seat Podcast. My name is Mayug. As part of our Fourth Umpire series, we will continue to talk cricket on this episode. In today's show, you will once again hear me and Aditya talking to Farzan and Choppy who, like you heard in our previous episode, are extremely passionate and knowledgeable fans of the game. They of course are members of the North Stand gang who as a fan group have been cheering for India and Mumbai from the North Stand of the Vankade Stadium for several years now. If you are interested in knowing more about this fan group, you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter where they are as at North Stand Gang. You can also go back to our fourth umpire episode released on January 21st, 2020 where we speak to Ajinkya and Sagar where they talk about their group in greater detail. In this episode, we chat about cricket in New Zealand with emphasis on India's past tours to this country. Please continue listening to find out what makes watching test cricket in New Zealand so fascinating. Boys oh, hit this one miles. Right shot. Oh, it's a biggie. Straight over the top. The little man has hit the big fella for six. He's off his size. Hello and welcome back guys so we are continuing this ongoing discussion about this current new zealand tour but now after having looked back at what was this current odi and t20 series i'd like to harp uh, cast our thoughts back to what is cricket in new zealand and how we saw cricket in new zealand growing up and every every tour has its own flavor right so australia for us growing up is all this bright large stadiums bright sunshine uh, england has its own flavor and new zealand has its own flavor so what did new cricket in new zealand stand for you growing up is something we should start uh, while we look ahead to this test series this is something which is actually the meat of any series any any overseas tour uh, what flavors did new zealand cricket bring to you growing up yeah so if i just start with that uh, just i mean this is one point coming back to australia along with the sunny stadiums and everything one thing was the par excellence of uh, richie benard bill lorry tony ray commentary that actually wanted us to you know get up early morning and watch uh, a have a glimpse of test cricket in australia so that was one of the points in australia coming back to new zealand yeah definitely from a timing's perspective right from our school days it was like getting up early you know going to bed a little bit early getting up early just to watch the matches watching test matches in new zealand like is a different experience altogether wo backdrop mein mountains you know that commentary chal raha hai and that you know there is basically that uh, the winds the noise of the winds blowing through the stadium all that it was a just a different experience altogether also kya hota hai ki currently last year there was a england new zealand series which uh, test series and one of the test went right down to the wire in the on the fifth day like last session that uh, the result was not known so barmi army like pura it was like fully behind england team at that and literally tv set pe the ones who actually watching the live proceedings they were actually hear the barmi army actually entertain the team so wo flair wo approach it's just like mind blowing and another thing in new zealand is the pitches i feel 99 se lete jo bhi abhi test matches ho raha hai india new zealand those fast pitches you know those swing those fast that assignment duels the shane bonds the jawadal shinans it's a completely different uh, ball game compared to like other venues i'll say so new zealand has had a lot of good memories some bad as well but overall watching new zealand watching test cricket in new zealand has been a wonderful experience altogether yeah uh, so one thing i would like to add here is i mean it's more of a question that uh, i think i think one reason that you know i hold uh, india's tours of new zealand more dear is that i think we do not play new zealand that often or we probably do not tour new zealand that often i mean as compared to uh, how much we play against england or australia or even south africa for that matter uh, new zealand test tours specifically test tour comes few and far between 
तो इट इज वेरी इजी फॉर मी टू रिकॉल गुड परफॉर्मेंसेज बाय इंडियंस अगेंस्ट न्यूजीलैंड और सम स्पेसिफिक टेस्ट मैचेस सो द एनवायरनमेंट एंड द एटमॉस्फेयर दैट यू मेंशनड आर एब्सोल्युटली राइट but i think it also has to do with the fact that we do not play in new zealand that often uh, i mean anything i mean do you agree to this point or anything else you want to add uh, uh, go ahead so that uh, that is i'll say it's all upon the like broadcasters because one thing is concern one thing is uh, certain is that uh, from a broadcasting perspective they want less test series in new zealand obviously under sponsorship ka zyada ye nahi milta hai and the second thing is i believe last year also when we had uh, two new zealand for a t20 and odi series wo jo series hue the that was basically instead of the test series it happened uh, the odis and the t20s happened so if you ask like genuine test fans like us we would have even five to seven test matches if you even if you want to take out odis and t20s out of the uh, equation but test at june or india new zealand is because of the timings jab you will say early morning 230 and three o'clock like sponsorships bahut sara there's a lot of marketing stuff involved in that so that is one of the i mean it, it, it's yeah it's basically i mean if india tours uh, england or australia or vice versa every board gets more money as compared to uh, india touring new zealand jahan pe returns utna nahi hai तो recall some specific moments or either series or matches of india against new zealand in new zealand that uh, really uh, stay in your memory yeah so i mean the one test match that i would want to talk about uh, uh, you know is is the hamilton 2009 test match which you know was one of our rare uh, yeah is in that era and uh, i mean that's something uh, that is one test match i somehow i remember watching like most of it and that is one test match that is you know super close to my heart but before i get into that i mean it's not really connected to cricket uh, indian cricket but the one abiding memory in my mind uh, when it comes to cricket in new zealand has to be the nathan astrill double 100 um, you know we mentioned the sound of the wind and everything uh, somehow the stadiums that are there in new zealand you the bat sound you know that comes across to the viewer when the ball you know hits the middle of the bat is just something out of the world and nathan astrill on that day was i mean he was having the best day of his life and yeah i mean i i i don't remember how many times i watched that innings on youtube and still you know but choppy But choppy just to add in my memory that series registers as a day night test match for some reason i have no reason why but in my mental memory that uh, that series registers as england and new zealand playing a day night test i don't know if you have any memories of it was that game played at christchurch or auckland under lights for some reason because it was getting too dark uh honestly i am not really sure i i mean in the highlights package at least they don't uh, you know show whether the lights were on or not i remember uh, you know we used to have uh, different rules across uh, different countries about yeah. whether the lights can be switched on or not in a test match but uh, i am not really sure whether that was the case there but yeah i mean i do remember the uh, the the uh, you know the general light scene on the tv not being very dark but uh, yeah i mean uh, christchurch was the stadium they have those two vertical stands on the side and the rest of it i think is pretty open so yeah i mean the light was not so great but yeah it was definitely not a day night test is what we know yeah but just a phenomenal phenomenal day and phenomenal innings it was like an it was also like an insane month in test cricket there were like a couple of other very quick 200s in the same month span of a month gilchrist scored a fast double hundred uh, graham thorpe scored a fast double hundred it was like a month of some insane hitting 
yeah yeah but astral has always been my uh, favorite in that sense and um, just his stroke play was quite something uh, we didn't get to see a lot of it and on that day i mean some of the sixes he hit of andrew cadick ah matlab the ball just like kept getting hammered and i remember the new ball being taken and the new ball going even further even farther than the you know the older ball and i mean that is one one very very good memory of uh, cricket watching in new zealand and insane innings as you rightly with the hobbling chris kane also na injured yeah and so coming back to the you know hamilton 2009 test we digressed a little bit there uh, recalling an astral uh, brilliant innings but so this hamilton test i mean farzan mentioned that point about you know the start and everything and not being favor in uh, for the broadcasters etc i remember this test match or at least this series we started play at local time 11 am in new zealand just so that more indians could probably get up and watch it or more people around the world could get up and watch it i think that was something that was sort of decided by the broadcasters uh, more than the boards involved i mean which is good in a way but uh, you know some of that uh, uh, part about you know waking up at 3 am the romanticism of it sort of went away a little bit never nevertheless i mean uh, india uh, i think won the toss and batted uh, and decided to put uh, new zealand in and uh, right on day 1 uh, you know zahir khan ishan sharma they were bowling like a dream ishant in that period i think was criticized a lot for not being full enough that day somehow he was and uh, i remember zahir bowling uh, you know into the wind ishan bowling against the wind and uh, both of them were very successful we reduced them to some 60 for 6 and uh, as luck would have it as something that we have you know sort of gotten used to for a long time now the lower order of the opposing team will always make runs in such a situation and this time it was jesse rider and dan vitori who did it dan vitori was the captain of new zealand then uh, jesse rider in particular i mean uh, whatever little of cricket he has played and whatever little i have watched i've, I've been a jesse, jesse rider tragic i think you can't be a jesse rider fan you can only be a jesse rider tragic and i mean <laughs> be a west right. indian for all you know right because his foot feet didn't go anywhere it was just hands with his bulky frame and amazing stroke play uh, you know with two indian bowlers bowling really well and the others also coming in later and then uh, i mean our man uh, from gujarat uh, munaf patel uh, you know he sort of uh, got some crucial wickets and uh, so we ended there in the 279 or 280 if i remember correctly these two were the only you know decent uh, batters in that innings and then in our batting i mean lots of people scored lots of runs i think gambhir dravid uh dhoni all of them got 50s or something close to that but the one innings that you know has to be talked about is the sachin tendulkar 160 uh, odd uh just in stroke play he was in the purple he was in a purple patch that time and uh, you know you had gotten used to watching sachin play a certain way and it's all started in new zealand when he was asked to open long long ago but then for some time he had become very circumspect in his stroke play and this inning somehow i don't know if it was the confidence of uh, you know the innings that he was he had already played uh, and done well but some of there was another 163 in the same tour in the over yeah yeah, yeah yeah so that that could be the reason but i mean some of strokes through the offside cover drives etc it is just you know like such a good feeling early in the morning that nothing in the world can go for me now that sachin is you know back to playing those great shots and in particular i remember one shot i mean it was ian o'brien who was a pretty decent bowler at that time new zealand overall had a pretty decent seam attack there was one ball which he which he bowled short and somehow it was seeming in to tendulkar who was shaping to cut and he realized that the ball is coming in so in this strange crouching back crouching sort of position he you know hit this fly cut sort of a thing which was also a late cut also a dab i don't know what to call it and it went for uh, for a bounce it was just the shot of a genius that to realize so late in the you know passage of the ball that uh, i need to change and to change it so brilliantly perfectly was you know just quite some and zahir 
it makes sense. And, and and those kind of shots actually work really well in New Zealand's grounds, right? Uh, mainly because they tend to be uh, smaller yeah. grounds. Yeah. And you know, if you know, uh, uh, even if you timed it well and the shot is not that great, it could very well go over the boundary for a yeah, six. Yeah. So I I, I I distinctly remember that shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. You very and then I think uh, uh, I think Zahir also scored a fifty, and then New Zealand second innings was all about Harbhajan Singh. Uh, you know he had been criticised a lot during that period for not doing well outside India. You're still sort of coming out of Anil Kumble's shadow and was the lead spinner uh, for India only recently, and it was like a tough test for him to perhaps he realised that he had a chance to win. And unlike other occasions when you know he bowled quicker through the air, uh, uh, this time he was uh, you know varying his pace very expertly, not looking for the big spin. And uh, again, the ball that he bowled to Jesse Ryder to you know get him LBW drifted into leg stump, middle stump, and then moved away and pinned him on the back leg. Uh, yeah, just a sight for sore eyes to see Harbhajan. Uh, really doing so well as an off spinner in the in New Zealand uh, and winning the test for India along with Sachin's innings, and then yeah, I mean the second Indian innings was just a formality. We had some thirty forty odd to chase, and Gambhir and Dravid uh, came out to open. Gambhir went all guns blazing, and I think we won a test in New Zealand after some thirty odd years. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned how we don't play cricket or test cricket in New Zealand all that often. Thirty years. Since we won a test there in 2009, it was just the most pleasing sight to you know follow a test for all five days and then end up on the winning side. So, yeah, I mean that is one memory that is really really close to my heart. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that was a great description of a test match. And 2009 India playing in Hamilton is indeed. Uh, uh, a great memory to recall. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Choppy. And Farzan, uh, coming back to you, uh, what is your uh, favorite memory of India in New Zealand? Yeah, sure. So just coming back to two points uh, uh, from what Choppy said. Uh, along with that shot which Choppy was mentioning about, there's one specific shot after each 100 in that not of 160. He played a, a on the up bat foot tower punch drive of uh, the same baller. That was for me. The, that was for me the shot of the test match. It was an absolute delight to watch, and as Shopee said, like watching an innings like this, like nothing can go wrong in our lives. So that was uh, actually a policy that time. And uh, just talking about that one sixty one sixty three at the Christchurch, the ODI. If he would not have got retired, heard that I think so the forty third or forty fourth over, then and there itself he would have been the first double century in an ODI. So, yeah, so that yeah. was the point as well. Yeah, I agree. And just one last point about New Zealand thing is that along with Australia, I think so these two are the places where if you play good cricket in shots, it can be anything. It can be test matches, ODIs, anything. You get full value for the shots because of the sh- pure brilliance of the uh, pitches and the outfields. So that is one thing coming from New Zealand. Yeah, coming back from my memories, um, to be honest, it will not be like very memorable memories, but going forward, uh, where we went, it was like excellent. So I'll talk about the uh, India-New Zealand ODIs in 2002, uh, 2003, just prior to the uh, World Cup. Yeah, World Cup, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the entire nation was worried about one most important thing, let alone the result, let alone anything. Sachin was coming back from injury, so he didn't start the ODI series under injury. He just came back in the later part where you know he played just one or two ODIs in the series and brought out in single digits. But that was the biggest tear I think so going around across the entire nation, going into a huge World Cup in South Africa in a month's time. So that was the biggest query. Now coming back to the series, I'll just uh, like to list down some of the points. The most important part for me and the most memorable part for me was Sevar's brilliant 200s in the second and the sixth ODIs. Mm-hmm. One at Napier, right? And that that series was uh, that series was sort of I remember that series for some low exactly. ODI so scores. That is, that is one of right. Bowlers points. were exactly. getting a lot of wickets. Yeah, so exactly. Like, this was go like ahead, one go of ahead. The most low scoring ODI thrilling series I'll see we had seen, and this basically took us right to the nineties in two thousand two, where basically 
a total of 150 was something like say 350 in today's time so pictures the first first odi was like 105 or 108 which we almost defended like seen seva just mashed the ballers like left right and center in a series where people were not able to defend them like defend the opposition ballers and like the pitches were like test matches so looking into the, the series basically gave a feeling of you know watching test matches in colored clothing for the very first time this was the actual state of the pitches you know i'm not sure why such kind of pitches were made for that odi series going into a world cup from both the team's perspective but yeah, it was as it was. So, Seva's brilliant 112 in a winning toss in the 6th ODI. And uh, this was memorable for one more thing, which I'll just come later on. And Seva's almost match winning 108 in the 2nd ODI, which was in a losing toss. But that was, I think, so uh, even better innings than the 112 he scored in the winning game. The second most striking was the bowling of Jawadal Srinath in the series. Man, he was like exceptional. 1818 with its bowling test match line and lens and uh, you know like he took 18 wickets in seven odis and i remember in the sixth odi which we had won the one in which seva had showed that century we basically had bowling figures of three for 13 like one three in 10 overs man these are, right these right these right not yeah, yeah the yeah. figures you see in a test match right nowadays so and he had Chris Keynes on a string, exactly, actually. Exactly. And like in that series. Like the New Zealand top order was basically just moving the left leg, just like Man Tadrawal brought out yesterday. They were just, you know, moving away, protecting the body while facing Jawadal Shena. That was the impact he had, and that was one of the very positives. And that frame of mind took him well in the World Cup as well, leading forward. Then just coming to the sixth ODI, our own Nehraji winning the hidden, uh, like, just move. Within the pull shot of Andre Adams, you know, and within the match along with uh, Jawadul Shinat at the other end. That was like a striking pose which will like stay with us, you know, forever in our memories. Then the point was Zahi bowling beautifully in the series along with um, Jawadul Shinat. I think in one of the matches he had feathers of 3 for 20 odd in 10 overs. Zahir was also bowling beautifully that series. Uh, we talked about the low story in Odia Thillers, which we got. Then, as you mentioned earlier in our earlier podcast as well, uh, a certain uh, uh, Mr. Rahul Walt Ravid was adapted beautifully in the keeper role along with the, obviously his responsibility mm-hmm. with the bat as well. So that was a series that he did, yeah. I, I believe like he did exceptionally well with the gloves as well, along with his batting. So that was one of the things. And uh, overall the series, if you see, obviously it was 5-2 in favor of New Zealand. But it was a very uh, hard fought with like low scoring pillars. But uh, and uh, Sachin obviously being out of form. But as we say, it was maybe a blessing in disguise for him. There were some changes, and I believe like uh, there were reports where you know after landing in South Africa, John Wright basically went into Sachin's room at like ten in the night, and he just asked himself like, "Where do you want to get?" So like Sachin was saying, "Okay, like I'm." ready to play as per the team requirements. Again, John Wright put and where do you want to bat? That's when Sachin said, I want to open. And you know, that rest was history. Right. And then, and then I think it's really uh, great that you bought, brought this point out because looking back at Sachin's career, New Zealand was the place where he actually started to open. Until then, he was uh, a middle order batsman. But uh, I think 92 in New Zealand, that was the time when Sachin first opened in in, in an ODI innings. Uh, So, I mean, uh, I think that tour or India in New Zealand itself will be very special to me because that was the time when, you know, Sachin first started opening and then the rest of his ODI career is, uh, like they say, is, is, is history. Uh, we have uh, very fond, like, uh, if you look at the test series from the 90s, you have some Azharuddin centuries, some Dravid centuries to look back to. But uh, I, I think uh, I would bring Farzan back here. Farzan, do you want to add anything to this? I would just like to talk about one Azharuddin classic. It was in 1999. Yes. He came out to bat with uh, India, really, in at 16 for 4. 
and I think so that was the match if I recollect correctly was uh, Simon Dool, you know, having uh, yeah. So like Simon Dool was breathing fire actually at that time in that test series, and just like his uh, exceptional Cape Town, you know, classic along with Sachin in South Africa. Uh, this was an innings where you know Hazardin just came out to bat as fifteen for four, played the ball in merit, and he was just at his attacking best. Like w- along with his uh, that Cape Town century, I believe genuinely that this was one of his best Test hundreds. Obviously, it will not be talked upon because it was not in a winning cause. But like playing that kind of an innings with sixteen for four, he had a mini good partnership at around fifty sixty runs with Sachin. But Sachin got dismissed. And uh, obviously, Azardin still carried on, and he scored a brilliant hundred and three. So that was one Azardin uh, innings which you know comes back to the memory. And the second one which comes to the memory was uh, not from an India perspective, but the contest between Shane Bond and Saro Ganguly in that series. Uh, there's also a special YouTube video on that as well. Like Shane Bond was an absolute beautiful yeah, rhythm at yeah. that time, and his Bowling to Saurav Ganguly was like a dream spell. So that was one more thing. And just uh, one thing I would like to add is uh, in that series, uh, which um, Choppy was just mentioning about, uh, there was, I think, so one instance where uh, what happened was that in one of the test matches at Hamilton, what uh, happened was uh, this Nera. Uh, and this was also talked about in his uh, Breakfast with Champions episode with Jaro Kapoor. He has, he has hit only one six in his entire test career. And that was his against the balling of uh, Shane yeah, yeah. in that particular Hamilton 2002 test. So that is also one of the memory. And he was not out on seven of three balls at that point of time. So, you know, from a Nera perspective, that winning hit in that ODI and that six, you know, will forever remain with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it is one of his two sixes. The other one was, of course, against Andrew Flintoff in Lords, where Ajit Agarkar hit that hundred. So, so this is one of the two and Hamilton mein, uh, Shane Bond ke against jo hai, to two of them. Yeah, uh, so I think Farzan has Farzan has already mentioned my favorite innings that uh, Azruddin hundred and three. It's like a hopeless morning. It's the first ever Test match that I remember waking up to watch uh, in New Zealand, like. Uh, an India New Zealand test match. Wake up, depressing start. Four o'clock in the morning, Panchay wicket Girgia. But Azar had something about him, right? So he had that entire phase where he was playing innings like that. He had that uh, Calcutta make a hundred in a very hopeless situation. Uh, against South Africa, Kuzma. South Africa, South Africa. Then immediately in a couple of months, that Cape Town innings happened. So I was like an Azar tragic. And uh, growing up, even more than a Sachin fan, I was an Azhar fan and later on a Lakshman fan. So this Hyderabad school of batsmanship has always uh, fascinated me. So that innings was very special. But again, there is another innings from that very tour in the one day series, which I think is the birth of Rahul Dravid, the one day batsman. So he has this, there was this ODI in a place called as Taupo. I don't know if you get... Where, where the yes. floodlights went off or something uh, weird happened there. That and that was, I think, Dravid scored 120 or something in that game. So, yes, Saurav. Yes, so, that yes. is, I think, the first ODI of that year. 99 that India was playing. I think Sachin got out early. And so, that is the first time we saw Rahul as a one-day cricketer scoring at a strike rate of 100. So, later on in that year, we remember him having a good World Cup and so on. But I exactly. think that ODI gave us so for the me, hope like, that, okay, Dravid, the one-day yeah. cricketer, has yeah. the So, just coming back to, to Rahul Dravid, Dravid. Obviously, that can have a, we can have a entirely different podcast on Rahul Dravid, uh, going on for hours and hours. But Rahul Dravid, the limited overs batsman, if you ask me, was... Very un- was very undermined. He was very underplayed as a ODI batsman. Like, what time? Yeah. So, was like obviously we never thought about strike rates of 150, 160, 170. But the contribution which Rahul Dravid gave to Indian cricket as a limited overs player, I, I genuinely believe that it could have been valued much more. Yeah. Well, I think it's. Uh... As a finisher, I I think he is one of India's most underrated finishers in the last decade or so. 
and if at all we miss something in the last 10 years i think it is some a finisher of the quality of dravid more than anyone else in this even in this recent world cup actually so i totally agree with you i mean uh Uh, coming back to fond memories i mean you guys mentioned a lot of great matches series and uh, innings but uh, nowhere was the mention of gautam gambhir's rare guard innings to uh, you know draw the match right so uh, i think it was one of the longest innings ever played and uh, it was around 9 hours 9 maybe, hours maybe yeah, napier, napier test napier 137 so how long was it like some yeah, uh, so, 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 exactly Tell you, 137 runs in 643 minutes. So, Hamilton, Hamilton, we won, and uh, Napier, we had to play this rear guard. He had to play yeah. this rear guard. Or 643. Yeah. No, no. Last one also. 2009. 2009. And 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 this was 2013. No, no. no. 2009. Ah, okay, first. Oh, so, sorry, sorry. 2009. It was before our uh, World Cup win. 2011 World Cup win. के पहले था हाँ. Right. So, uh, I mean, you, he had this wonderful innings in Hamilton. But I think, uh, like a Test match fan, what stands out for me is Gautam Gambhir's ka ye uh, dusra roop. I mean, he has always been an aggressive batsman, but the way he patiently played out so many deliveries, session after session, was uh, so, you know in uh, a one, match and a pitch the, like one Napier. Others, one thing uh, regarding this uh, Gambhir uh, epit. uh like i heard a scene somewhere uh, years later like daniel vitori he had given in one of his interviews or something that when we say gambi talking about 643 minutes like vitori made a statement that after a point of time he was actually tired bowling to gambi so that 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 itself speaks volumes about you know dravid's uh, sorry gautam uh, gambi's like mental state in that innings because when you are following on and you are you know trying to have a actual match saving innings oh my god that was like one of the very best so i think we i think we spent uh, a while talking about the 2009 and the previous series also right but a very highly underrated test series is the one that happened last time in 2014 you had two really cracking test matches so the first one in auckland was a test match which i believe we should have won it was very close to that test match that happened at adelaide where we chased down almost where a kohli special and we chased down 350 odd this adelaide this auckland test match was very similar to that so uh, it the test match started off on a very familiar note india picked up a few early wickets but new zealand ended up scoring a big big score and we were bowled out very cheaply in the first innings but something very insane happened is that uh, day 3 mein we just turn up and new zealand get bowled out for 100 where shami and ishant just run through their batting and chasing 400 which should have been a hopeless situation we started off well and at one point we were in a 200 220 for two like position right at with dhawan had scored a century kohli was batting very comfortably there nothing happening because new zealand may wickets have this pattern where you it they all st- the wickets start off being very juicy for fast bowling but progressively they become very good for batting so this series we saw that happening so but uh, we were a little unfortunate to lose that test match while chasing because i think uh, rahane got a bad decision and uh, later on dhoni ya jadeja me se when jadeja was going very well towards the end so dhoni and jadeja had a partnership during the trunches with the required runs were less than 100 jadeja had like a run a ball 30 or something was actually collaring the bowling but as usually neil wagner suddenly turned up and he took those wickets in that test match so uh, just come to neil wagner like This this series was currently included the Australia New Zealand one. It was like out of his last eight to nine or even ten Test matches, there was not even a single uh, Test match where Neil Wagner did not have a uh, four wicket haul in either innings of all the Test matches. So you can just imagine the consistency which which he has been balling all these years. And I believe I think so Neil Wagner dismissing uh, Dhawan at the critical moment, and that is actually the point where Ian Innings you know actually derailed a bit. Yes, yes, that was much like Adelaide. Yeah, so that and Adelaide, and we lost that test match by what, like thirty to forty runs or fifty runs at the most, like not more than that. 
very much like adelaide and the same here and uh, adelaide gets spoken of a lot but uh, this auckland test match is almost like forgotten for some reason and i genuinely believe had that had we won that test match it would have been like one of the biggest wins in indian test cricket yeah in, in that test from that test i i remember uh, these two guys williamson and mccallum man i mean just phenomenal phenomenal batting against a very very potent indian team attack i mean you had i think shami zack and uh, ishan were all there and i mean fantastic batting again hurts to watch it as an indian fan but uh, that was also the the time when kane was sort of coming into his own as a as a world uh, beating batsman and yeah just phenomenal stroke play uh, you know all parts of the ground and i think mccallum hit some four or five huge sixes and double hundred so that that was again a test match we should have won the next one so that 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 is what hurts you with two test match series right which is very similar there to is, the way there is no this... chance for you to come back right come back karne ka utna nahi hota hai so that sets up for this series now going in exactly so we'll we'll basically take a, a short break and we'll come back and look forward and talk about uh, the oncoming two match series a test series against new zealand so stay tuned guys welcome back guys we are still with uh, farzan and choppy from the north stand gang of wankhede stadium we are having a delightful conversation talking about cricket and india's cricket in new zealand to be specific uh, it is 8th of february today and in india it's 9th of february and we have like a couple of weeks to go before india play their first test match against new zealand in wellington uh, the squads have been announced and uh, what i want to speak about first with you guys is uh first i mean what are your expectations of the series and uh what do you want india to test uh, in in this series like be it opening combinations uh, as far as you know the absence of rohit sharma goes and also uh see whether our quartet of bowlers are equal like good enough you know without ishan sharma or you know do we have backup openers uh sort backup uh, bowlers uh to complement our attack so i mean what do you guys think what are your expectations and what are you uh, uh what do you want to see india to achieve in this series like apart from a series win of course so uh, adi you can take it from here so we are now going into so, so mayank has had a phenomenal home season so but now we have for the first time probably mayank facing genuinely seam bowling condition so he might face up to potentially what turn what might turn out to be the defining series of his career in his very short career so far uh, him and his, his his debut in australia was also yeah, a little bit but, tough but then but australian know, conditions these days are nowhere near close to yeah, what, bowling friendly Right, right, right. So, yeah. if you look at it that way, drop-in pitches in Melbourne and Sydney aren't what uh, overseas conditions typically would be for you. So, if it is a full-strength New Zealand seam attack, that might be a mouth-watering contest. Like how Mayank and Prithvi Shaw face up to the New Zealand seamers is something I would like to see. And uh, then again, then we uh, how our pace attack goes. So these days, when I watch Indian cricket, what I look forward to, at, especially overseas, is how the indian seam attack fares like absolutely start. i mean so i mean i want to see whether that uh, i mean whether we still have that from last year uh, yeah, so, because it will very likely be shami bumrah and uh, umesh uh, who will make yeah, so our, so so ishan is not there in the in the squad very right very likely not there so these are the overall uh, major points that i look forward to apart from of course the other bits of it being kohli and rani and pujara the backbone of the indian batting lineup in test cricket so choppy and farzan yeah guys yeah so um, just uh, f- like as we are speaking like i'll just like to update so basically uh, india is uh, currently playing the second warm up match actually and right now they already 234 for one if we, as we are speaking so uh, vihari has scored a 59 open in the innings and shubman gill is unbeaten on 107 Pujara given him company for in fifty, so you know the pattern is going on good. 
yes, sir. Coming to uh, coming back to the series, definitely uh, Mayan Shaw and Prithvi Shaw are going to be your two openers for the entire uh, test series, which is just two test matches. So following this as a test series is you know something like what we are not saying that genuine test cricket loving fans would not even like to call it a test series. If you just have two test, at least it has it has to be a three or a five test match series. So obviously, so these are things which you know um, just need to be uh, kept aside uh, with the other aspects. So yeah, coming to see is the openers, Mayan Shaw and Pritu. It will be a challenge for them facing uh, the bowlers of uh, the quality of uh, Trent Bolt, uh, Saudi, and Widner in the New Zealand conditions. So important aspect for me. Is rather than how many runs they will be scoring, I believe more important will be the adaptability factor for the openers as well. It's about seeing of the new ball, you know, just going maybe a bit old way, not going for the punchy shots. I know with pretty shots that pretty sure as well as mine to a certain extent, it becomes a bit difficult. But for me, if you ask me, like once you come at the international arena, especially in Test cricket in alien conditions. You need to have a little bit of an adaptability in your nature. Like one cannot be like that. Okay, I'll go for my uh, uh, pushes with you know the hard bats. There has to be a soft hand which has to come into play. There has to be a bit of a tightness in the technique. So all these perspectives have to be obviously with age and experience. All this will come. So that is one of the important factors which I would like to see. Another thing is like for me. Indian team right now doesn't need to do any kind of you know drastic changes in Test cricket. They are going absolutely fine given their conditions away as well as home. It's just about how they keep that consistency level going. Because in the words of Virat Kohli, if you ask, he has a lot of importance and a lot of weightage for this World Test Championship. So from that perspective, it's just about ticking the right boxes, keeping on doing the stuff you have been doing for the past eighteen twenty four months. This team. And the pace attack, which I would, for a like a lot of credit, I would give the captain himself, Virat Kohli, too. Just keep the pace attack going. Just one thing with Ishan Sharma, he has been added in the squad as of now, but just subject to clearing oh, the stress and everything. But if Seni has been a backup, right? So if Ishan Sharma fails to uh, right, be a part right. of the test squad. Uh, Nadi Saini is going to continue with the Indian Test team, which is will be a good sign for him as well, a good learning curve, even if he plays a Test match or not. Then one important factor will be right, uh, right. seen, like depending upon I think so, Wellington will be quite a good PC wicket. Where I believe I think so, you will need Hanuman Vihari at number six as of now after Rahane, because what we have seen in the past twelve months is that with the comfort of uh, Vihari as well coming in. Rahane has again got into his game, you know. Obviously, he just got an hundred against South Africa, but still, he you know, push on yeah, to bigger yeah. scores. So maybe a little bit more support. Yeah, the thing is, uh, talking talk, talking about Hanuma Vihari. I mean the I mean the conversation in my head veers towards uh, combinations, right? So I mean, you said he's opening in the warm up game, but uh, let's say I mean, where would you put him in the eleven? I mean, considering so, let's talk about where would you put him in the eleven, and how many spinners will you play, or if at all, will you play spinners? So as of now. If uh, we talk about the first test in Wellington, I'll definitely go with Hanuman Vihari. And right now he's opening because obviously your Shaws and your Mayans are uh, in the ODI setup right now. Yeah. If Rohit Sharma were basically yes, there, yes. they would have opened in this uh, practice day match, uh, Mayans and Shaw. So from that perspective, right. obviously you have to right, well right. back up as your third opener as well in the series. So from that perspective, uh, for the first test, I will start with obviously given our. Uh, Penchant in test cricket, where you know we generally don't start too good in the first part of the away test matches in the first test. I would go a little bit more comfort and have Hanuman Vihari at six. And right now, if one spinner mm-hmm. needs to be selected, uh, it will be a tough choice between Ashwin and Jadeja, just because uh, the form with Jadeja is currently going into. So, I believe uh, the balling form of Ashwin in the Uh, this current practice match and the two practice matches to follow, where you'll have more Indian players as well, and maybe Jadeja will also be coming in. That will, I think, so determine who will be playing the uh, uh, sole front role in the first test. Yeah. The second. And, 
and and shastri and kohli has uh, historically been a bit skeptical of uh, ravichandran ashwin's fitness especially in away conditions so you know they want to be really uh, careful about that especially because uh, jadeja gives you an extra option uh, in the fielder i mean he is better than uh, ashwin in that yeah, case exactly but something to be honest enough if you just ask me uh, i'll not always go with what ravi shastri says because after that after the sydney test in australia where it's <laughs> a full deep uh, took a fifer in that uh, drawn test the one he had made a statement that going forward fully yadav will be the front line spinner in overseas test yeah overseas condition so you know sometimes you can believe him you cannot believe him so obviously that is uh, something another topic but the bowling form both the guys uh, ashwin and jadeja in the warm ups can you know uh, decide whom they'll play with i think the second test at christchurch is where the wickets i believe in new zealand christchurch have been a little bit on a slow side going forward so based upon the performance in the first test and the bowling uh, compositions which will be taken care of the second test you know they may think of going with both the spinners so obviously that will be based upon the performances and the pitches as well but yeah and as you said pujara virat kohli and uh, ajinkya rahane your numbers 3 4 5 they are basically the backbone so i'm not too uh, worried about the batting perspective as well since uh, this time and our bowling touch wood is like at a higher level let's say uh, the pace of right now so looking forward again to the two test matches and not all the test series but the two matches and uh, looking for good performances uh, from uh, the from india fantastic fantastic analysis farzan uh, choppy anything specific you are looking forward to like a uh, uh, let's say you know you have let's say you have a uh, uh, batting collapse i mean you i mean i really hope we don't but then uh, pujara's form has been a little bit shaky uh, in the past home series so anything specific you would like pujara to do in uh, new zealand no i think uh, pujara is someone i have great faith in and uh, i mean the good thing is he's getting uh, used to the conditions uh, uh having been part of the india a side uh, for this match i think and perhaps uh, he'll continue there in the next two matches as well so uh, see with pujara i mean uh, it's it's never a case of uh, you know him uh, being found out technically i think the only problem perhaps he has is i mean something which all indian batsmen sort of face is the incoming ball but otherwise it's uh, I mean, Pujara is definitely someone who's uh, going to do well, in my opinion. It may not happen in the first test, maybe, but in the second test, he's uh, certainly going to do well. Is what uh, I can foresee. Uh, other than that, I mean, in terms of the overall, uh, you know, test matches, I'm I'm really uh, concerned about one thing, which is that uh, New Zealand have uh, been beaten by uh, you know Australia. very very convincingly and so they'll be hurting big time uh, uh, you know while some of their right. players were injured they'll be hurting big time and uh, and especially especially because this this summer was supposed to be a very looked forward to summer for this new zealand squad right for this generation of cricketers you have one summer where you are playing against new zealand england and india and you know they came up short in the first two series uh you know this 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 india series is like a a moment of reckoning for them yeah yeah and also i mean quite a few people mentioned on twitter and otherwise that you know kane doesn't look the same after the 2019 uh, world cup final loss where he would have you know obviously used up all his emotional energies so i think from a new zealand point of view also it's going to be a very interesting series where uh, you know they're really looking to fight back and prove that you know at least in home conditions you can't write them off after you know england did so well there and uh, they have a very very good squad in terms of you know test match squad particularly someone like bj watling is yeah, i'm a huge bj watling fan um, wagner yeah. you know did well uh, against us last time as we spoke about earlier so i think it's going to be a very closely fought uh, uh, two test matches and uh, Uh, i just hope that the pitches are up to up to the mark in the sense that you know as as someone mentioned earlier uh, we've had this trend of the pitches really slowing down in 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 days 3 4 5 uh, 
and uh, i mean that could take the scene away from from a from a test tour that doesn't happen very often so i just hope the pitches are up to the mark and they continue to aid you know either the uh, spin or either spin or pace throughout the four day, uh, five days otherwise it's going to be you know very very flat and very very boring so uh, and then the four four day test match warriors will come out with their keyboards <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's an entire uh, podcast episode in itself uh, choppy because the recent in- england new zealand series also we saw this right so we had two New Zealand won the series 1-0 but the two test matches were quite a drag because the wickets had slowed down significantly on the last few days so but i agree with choppy like this is a f- very very good new zealand test match side and given the form that ross taylor has found in this entire one day series uh, henry nichols latham and of course like bj watling potentially is the best wicket batsman absolutely absolutely on in test cricket right now which never gets spoken of but potentially so and and one player who might actually trouble us with the ball is uh, colin de grandom uh, india generally has a problem facing uh, seam bowlers of that pace yeah and, slower uh, medium pacers yeah and i feel like uh, rahane and pujara especially are kind of players who might be found out against de grandom of all people i have a feeling like a, a really bad feeling regarding that yeah and, and grandom is you know in part of that great tradition of uh, new zealand uh, bowlers gavin larsi dibli dobli wibli wobli and <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, even in the england series he did quite well and uh, while you know our attention and strategies focused on bolt and saudi and wagner he will just come out of the blue and you know take some two three wickets here two three wickets there and you know turn the match around so yeah i mean cdg is really a, a concern we just hope that you know his rcb allegiance sort of takes over for at least some part of the test match and you know he goes uh, he goes kindly on us so that's that's one hope that you you have but i have a contrarian i have a contrarian team strategy idea to throw and i'll throw it open to you guys so do you see a remote possibility of uh, this team going towards hanuma vihari as the second opener with uh, agarwal and probably fitting in someone like a shubman gill in the middle order uh, we did that in australia right because prithvi and mayank might be like a very risky opening pair to go in with especially if prithvi shaw fails in the third odi also yeah so i don't think uh, uh, they're going to do it but if you ask me i am completely in favor of the idea with just one condition don't uh, crucify hanuma vihari if he doesn't do well if he's going to do you know 60 balls 80 balls and i don't care whether he scored uh, he scores 10 runs or uh, you know 50 runs if he's going to play 70 80 balls and then you know got get out for low scores please don't crucify him i mean because that's what he did at mcg and scg right uh, yeah no i'm just saying that you know given the riches that we have he is definitely someone who is capable of doing that given the riches that we have in batting the only hope is if they try this strategy out they shouldn't crucify him and you know throw him out of the test side if he doesn't do uh, doesn't score a 100 while uh, But, uh, opening the trophy like uh, and uh, dies as well like i have one contrasting um, thing to this why are we actually wanting to make openers out of people who are genuine middle order batsmen the same problem is right now happening exactly yeah, because the same problem right now is happening with shubman gill also in some itself that for example if you see from an ipl perspective it is just a small example sometimes he comes into bat he has come into bat as, as latest number 6 and number 7 in your under 19 world cup he was your number 4 batsman so just to space in people obviously we know the challenges which indian cricket face with the batting depth and the batting riches but having anuma vihari obviously he may succeed him or not obviously absolutely agree to choppy's point we should not then undermine his uh, value stating that okay he failed but i believe that if you already have if you are trying to make teams for the future and then play with your genuine openers and if you have your middle order batsmen play them at the middle order batsmen their time may come in a bit late as well so it's available something called vihari as well 
till that time i think so rahane was playing well and everything uh, vihari was not as drafted in the team now with rahane's epdp form as well like rahan uh, vihari has been drafted in the team in the past 12 to 18 months as well i think so from the england tour last time so i always believe that play people not only according to their strengths but at the positions where they have you know been like for example there will be a once in a generation uh, virendra sehwag and once in a generation mastermind captain like saur ranguli who will uh, have him from his number 6 from his uh, uh, opening position and that was a fine and sehwag itself had said to dada adar mein fail hua to kya that is what the specific words he had told that time and ranguli told him that i will give you 15 20 tests as an opener if you succeed i'll get back to you uh, i'll get i'll get you back to the middle order that's my promise so obviously captain's belief at that point of time also comes into play but if you already have shaw and mayank right now then as well as play we are in the middle order then for the first test we can play shaw and mayank and then let's see how things go and then maybe set up for the second test we can play makes sense uh, i think i completely agree with your uh, example here and i truly believe that uh, if you want to make a middle order batsman a uh, opener you only do that with those players whom you cannot abs cannot absolutely uh, keep out of the squad to ek let's say sehwag ho gaya and recently uh, perhaps uh, rohit sharma is going that way ki you know you don't wa- want these guys to sit out और मिडिल ऑर्डर में जगह नहीं है तो लेट्स ट्राई ओपनिंग सो लाइक लाइक इन अ जनरेशन वाज़ द ऑपरेटिव वर्ड हियर कि यू कैन नॉट डू दैट टू एवरीवन लाइक यू आर एब्सोल्युटली राइट तो गाइस आई वांट टू आस्क यू आई थिंक वी टच्ड अपॉन दिस टॉपिक ब्रीफली इन द लाइक डज इट हाउ मच डज इट ट्रूली डिसअपॉइंट यू कि हम लोग वी आर टॉकिंग सो मच अबाउट इंडिया वर्सेस न्यूजीलैंड वी डेस्परेटली वांट टू सी दिस टूर हैपनिंग स्पेशली द टेस्ट मैचेस बट यू एंड अप विथ जस्ट टू मैच सीरीज आई मीन लाइक could we not have like two more i mean we had like a three match series against south africa uh, i mean why not do that against uh, new zealand so is this like a uh, will you are you slightly disappointed ki hum log do hi match khel rahe hain not more uh, see uh, if you have a good high voltage series like india new zealand uh, happening like a bit last when did we play test matches some years ago uh, 14 exactly i mean you don't play test matches in new zealand frequently as well See, India, New Zealand, and India is a different ball to altogether. Just like India, they come into India, but India going to New Zealand has a lot of value and a lot of heritage going across all the past years as well, along with the performances which have come up. So at least should be having a three-test series. So this is where maybe something I believe obviously these FTPs and all these things happen, but this is where something somebody has to have a connect. For example, like maybe a. Sorrow Ganguly as a VCCI person or something, some change has to come where I believe anywhere you go, a two-test series determines the value of Test cricket and international cricket for me. Right now, if you are playing two-test series, future me uh, people will start playing one-off Test matches. ऐसा भी time आएगा. So for that to stop, you need to have at least three, four, or five. But a three-test series has to be played anyhow because up कैसे हो रहे You're you're ex- building up all the excitement between two good-looking teams, between two uh, play, uh, teams which has exceptional players, exceptional talent. You are having all this buzz and everything. You eight test matches, karo eight test me eighty matcha thila, dusra nahi thila. That is obviously going to happen. It ye hua, it draw hua. At least, thora comeback ka time milna chahiye. There has to be that kind of a passage. So. If you are playing good teams and if you have a good contest on your hands, go in with a three-test series at least. That is my point. Uh, Choppy, may just want to add something. While it's disappointing that it's only a two-test series, I think um, it's it's time we realize that uh, this is how it's going to be. And uh, as you mentioned in the last episode, also it could have totally been the case that we let go of the ODI series and uh, you know play an extra test match. uh but that is obviously not happening and two test match series are a complete shame uh you know when it comes to a test series uh it's just something that you know boards need to realize i mean for for a very long time i have been in favor of uh, shelving bilateral odis altogether this of absolutely no purpose there is no context to them 
and uh, especially in a year like this there is zero sense to play them uh, but it's just it's just disappointing and i mean this is not the first time that we are doing this in uh, in the recent past i think south africa and india also played a two test series uh, yeah so it's just terrible i mean it's yeah but the only thing is you know you have to realize that there is not a single country perhaps i mean england is one exception maybe australia in some cases india in some cases but other than the top 3 test matches uh, as a matter of fact are loss making properties so whether we like it or not commerce and business is going to dictate quite a few things and while we all of us you know can raise uh, alarms over it on a sunday morning uh, that fact is uh, is not going to go away in a hurry so we need to look at better ways to this work and uh, yeah i mean it's just a sad yeah, so yeah coming uh, back to topics one obviously so all these things have been taken into perspective but what i generally feel is that uh, when we are thinking about these four days uh, test matches you know we want to shorten it for four days with um, more number of overs in a te- in a in a day you know all that things as choppy correctly mentioned abhi odi world cup next world cup is in 2023 you have your two t20 world cups right now in two consecutive years 2021 and you have your world test championship which is already in progress ye bilateral series to thoda scrap kar lo na just scrap them or earlier like i i used to love the concept of those tri series and the quadrangulars which you have in the Oh, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, this has been like a repeat bugbear <laughs> oh. uh, so, on our like, podcast. Like, you just used to be in uh, love yeah. of that. Like, even one of our members, Ashu, you always, you know, says that out here, man, missing those try series, missing those uh, CB series in Australia, those try series. So, where such a concept or where you have a short try series rather than bilateral series, three and five ODI shall bilateral series in a point of time where twelve uh, to say twenty-four months down the line, ODI stuff now. रेलिवेंस नहीं हो रहा बिकॉज ऑफ देर इज नो वर्ल्ड कप और देर इज नो इम्पोर्टेंट टूर्नामेंट कमिंग अप अभी तो चैंपियंस ट्रॉफी भी स्टे दिया ओडियाज Like us, like you guys and everybody who actually follow and worship Test cricket, let them have the fun under the sun. Absolutely. I mean, uh, whatever you mentioned right now is something that a lot of uh, I think most fans, a lot of cricket writers, and even to a certain extent players are alluding to uh, the 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 sense of having a context. I mean, trying out a new player in a situation where you have a tri series going on and and the net run rate matters. uh you know uh, a, a quadrangular series or a tri series uh, makes a lot of sense and you get a true test of character uh and not just from entertainment point of view but just the match playing point of uh, view as well so guys i think it's it was a fabulous discussion uh looking ahead for the test series i mean i uh you know let's not end it in a disappointing note um I think I would like to say that one of my favorite things about watching uh, cricket in New Zealand is uh, the calm and serenity that you know the grounds show. Uh, you know, you do not have like a lot of crowd. Let's say not as many people as like a Boxing Day Melbourne Test. Uh, the there are like few few cricket watchers over there. uh you can you can hear the bowler running in you can hear the loud third of the bowler landing on his feet uh and also the batsman hitting the ball and these and this sight is something that you know at least in international cricket you do not get to witness that often and new zealand is one of those places where you can and this one of this is one of the many things that make uh test cricket and new zealand special for me so um on that note uh adi choppy and farzan thanks a lot uh for being on this podcast especially choppy and farzan you have been a wonderful guest and you have given us great insight uh about not just india versus new zealand but you know cricket in general and we would like to have this conversation going hopefully uh you know we carry on and talk more cricket on this podcast and thank you once again for 
joining us here. Uh, we are extremely pleased that you took time off from your schedule to talk to us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Mayuk and Aditya. I mean, uh, we know that you guys have been, uh, you know, doing this for uh, quite some time. And uh, podcast is a tough gig, especially when you consider the Indian viewers. And uh, I mean, hats off to you for doing this week after week and, uh, you know, talking about cricket uh, like uh, as tragic fans we do all the time. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you guys are going to go great heights with your podcast. And uh, I mean, we hope to see the podcast out uh, very soon and uh, to spread the word about it. Thank you so much for inviting us. Absolutely. Thanks. So what about your having uh, predictions for the test series? I'll go for a 1-0 New Zealand. Same for me. Same for me. Oh, let me... Uh, 1-0 New Zealand, both of you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me be just be... Let me be more bold and say 2-0 uh, to India. Wow. I'll say, I'll say 1-0 <laughs> to India with a tensely fourth draw. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much. On that note, let's end. Uh, this was Choppy and Farzan from the North Stand Gang. Follow them on Twitter and Facebook. They are an awesome group. Uh, we love uh, having them here on this podcast. And uh, see you so guys much. soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much.